Huzzah, Rangers. It's your boy, Chris, call sign Bozo6. And this is your Seattle Seawolves review. With me in the hot seat this evening is a familiar face. You may recognize him from the Scrum of the Earth podcast, Mr. David Lawrence. David, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic, Chris. It's so good to see you again. Yeah. I, I feel so at home back in the basement of the granite bunker. It's just always great to see you, my friend. Listen, I got to up, get my upgrade game. Like we got the, what from, from viewing screen, it's left to right. We got uh, an original free Jacks Jersey with the golden lantern. Uh, we got the original. Signed, the Day. Oh yeah. If you look at the details, it signed. And then we got the St. Patrick's day original. Yep. From, from the, from the, the, from the snowstorm game. Oh, the blue ones, the, uh, the city Jersey. This is the new one. Yeah. This is the, uh, the Holden younger Jersey. I won at the auction thing. Nice. And then what's that last one? It's like the Hawaiian. Yeah, exactly. The, I think they've done two attempts at the Hawaiian, this one and this one from last year. So yeah, just slowly collecting. Excellent. Excellent. So check it out. So this is the Seattle review. We uh, obviously were on victory Monday here. We were the final game of uh, round 17. Yeah. Round 17. And we defeated the Seattle Seawolves 34 to 26. You were not there. I was not there. Philly bananas, AKA the Duke of Quincy, the boss, the brains behind this show. Uh, he flew out there, which is why you've seen more of me. I did the watch along. I stayed up late. I paid the price. My daughter woke up me up at three in the morning Ooh. and then, then, uh, yeah, screaming. So we had to put her back to bed, you know, babies, they cry at night. And then I woke, she woke us up back up at five forty-five. So it's been a brutal, it was a brutal night for me, but Ooh. I mean, I know it was worth it. You must feel like all the people on the Free Jacks team. Yeah, yeah, but they spent the day in Seattle hanging out at the beach if you follow them on social media at all. Yeah, I, I did see some some serious muscles sitting there next to Phil. It's a little distracting while he's talking away. Nice. <laughs> well, we, as per usual on the show, we uh, read the America's Rugby News write-up. Uh, yeah, yeah. They are quick to, to deliver such things in less than 24-hour turnaround since the match ending. It's out. And it's all him by himself, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I don't think he has any support, and he's covering not just MLR, but a lot of other leagues as well. It's awesome. It's Brian Ray, right? The the man behind the curtain. Yep, I'm pretty sure. If we got it wrong, sorry. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Whoever's doing it, it is it is a lion's yeah. share of work. It, it's a Herculean task, and you do a great job every single week. We love it. Yep. So we're gonna get straight into it, David. You're gonna sure. read us the write up. Yeah, yeah, the uh, I'm I'm happy to, and thanks for having me on the show again. It's always a pleasure to be here. So, from America's Rugby News, the New England Free Jacks made it nine wins in a row with a 34 to 26 result over the Seattle SeaWolves on Sunday. It was an impressive performance from the visitors, who were resting several frontline players. Though it ultimately has no bearing on the final standings of the regular season. Bodine Waka he broke through with a chip and chase in the early minutes, but uh, is it Lawina? Futi, he, he raced back to stop the fullback with a desperation tackle. The Free Jacks kept coming. Joel Hintz crossed over for a try with Jason Patras kicking the conversion. Despite both teams readying for, for the restart, the TMO intervened and insisted the play come back for what was a marginal knock-on at the preceding lineout. As if in defiance, he writes, the, the Free Jacks forwards smashed over again just a minute later with Andrew Quatran Q himself getting the credit and Patras again finding his mark. The Seawolves they got on the board when Paula Bellicana pinched off his wing and left Dan Creel wide open on the outside. AJ uh, Alatimu, he tapped on Sam Matenga's pass directly to Creel, who sprinted 30 meters to touchdown in the corner. New England 
almost had an immediate reply, but Wayne Vanderbank was stopped just short of on, uh, on a line break with Futi winning a turnover to stop the momentum. It was only a temporary repre uh, reprieve when the driving ball was stopped at an attacking lineout. The ball was spun wide, and Waka froze the defense just long enough to send Balakana into the corner. That was a beauty. Patras, he cleanly slotted, uh, calmly slotted the extras from the sideline and added a penalty from 40 meters out to make the score 17-7 to for the visitors at halftime. The Free Jacks stretched their lead early in the second half. First, Sam Fishley ran into a Joe Johnston offload to, uh, to score after Samisi Paya had made a half break. Another three-pointer from the boot of Patras pushed the lead to 20 points, heading towards the final quarter. Two scores in quick succession from Seattle made things interesting. Daviti Lepetti beat three men to score a super individual effort at the hour mark. And then Peter Malcolm crossed on the back of a line-out drive. Ethan Fryer's try from close range put the result beyond doubt for New England, but Malcolm would grab a consolation double before the final whistle. Both teams close out the regular season next Sunday. Both will square off against playoff caliber opposition. The Free Jacks host the, uh, the Houston Sabercats while the Seawolves hit the road to take on the Western Conference leading San Diego Legion. Great write-up as always. And, you know, Chris, this was a really big win for me i i had this one penciled in as a loss i think since Same. you and i were on this very show talking about our way too early predictions i just yep. like seattle of course was going to be really good this was always going to be really tall order the travel is ridiculous their mm -hmm. bodies were going to feel like the game started at 10 30 at night um it had all all the hallmarks of a game that we might drop I think I actually talked myself into being okay with it so this this result is like finding an extra gift under the tree you know what i mean yeah, I definitely agree. We got Dan Bollier in the chat that I'm the most controversial fan in MLR. Hey, man, this is the Seattle review. Let's stick to that. Thanks. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I had this one. Yeah, great, great recollection there. I had this one also penciled in as a loss for no other reason that Seattle's always a quality team. Um, the only thing that really would have ever changed my mind from the way too early prediction is that if somehow Seattle had fallen off the map and became and, and became yeah. like Chicago did. You know what I mean? Then I'll be like, oh, I think we're going to win. Um, you know, the other thing too that made this encounter so interesting is, you know, Brian Ray talked about that the Free Jacks had rung the changes, uh, but Seattle did as well. Um, mm. mo the, uh, you know, no Jordan Chait in at 10. So that's their primary 10. Uh, Rhino Herbst won a, a lock and, and a pretty pretty big presence in their lineout was also on the bench but like like us seattle had huge depth i mean duratalo uh, was on the bench the previous week against the warriors he started uh samu manoa on the bench the previous week against the warriors he also started so it's not like it was weird because uh, uh philly bananas called it an a minus team for the free jacks i felt like it was very much an a minus team for the sea wolves as well hmm. so it's not like fair. yeah so it's not like it it, it kind of um puts takes a little shine off the win, but I still view it as a huge confidence boost and success that we went into enemy territory. Probably uh, uh, if you saw my post in New England Free Jack supporters group on Facebook, I, I said that if, you know, it's one in one A for like atmosphere, right? Mm. So if you're a Free Jacks fan, Quincy's one and Seattle's one A. If you're Seagulls fan, they're one and we're one A. You know, so it was a, it was a tall order to win there, and we did. So it was awesome. and and Seattle have been selling out the Starfire pretty regularly at this point. Yeah. We knew it was going to be noisy. And and Chris, I know how much you love the chance that they get going in there. 
Yeah, uh, highly annoyed by them. But I will say this, a spectacular write-up by, by uh, I think it is Brian Ray for America's Rugby News, but I will submit one correction. Bodine Walker did not freeze the defense. Bodine Walker drew the defense. There is a difference. They were all very much in motion wow. because he is a speed demon. If If the outside man did not turn his hips and come back in at Bodine, right? being drawn to him not frozen by him he would have he would have beaten the inside defender for speed gotten around the corner and scored the try yeah so just a small technical de detail wherever you know brian me. ray is right now he's flipping a table over like that's semantics no, no, no. he's furiously taking notes and writing that down being like that's an oh yeah, yeah. insight yeah. By, by the by the clown <laughs> prince of mlr what a what an insight no i mean it was a it was a great match and and so kind of rewinding the tape, uh, you know, we had mentioned that that early, you know, erroneous knock on call in the line out. Oh, God, I was losing it. dude! I was so upset. Uh, I really again, didn't think you were supposed to go back after the conversion. I thought that, you know, just like in the NFL, yeah. it's like they, they rush to the line. You can even see it. The refs are like, oh, oh, they don't yeah. think they got it. Like, oh, that that's a sign. Yeah, that, that was weird. That was the, I think that was the first time I ever saw that. I would have to, I'm not going to watch back my entire watch along to find this, but there was another moment later in the match where the referee did not use the TMO at all uh, when mm. I felt that he should have. And it was like critical. I think Seattle ended up scoring off of it. It was kind of, you see like free Jacks players like, you know, Hey, you're going to, you're going to go check that. Cause that was some kind of bull and he didn't do it at all. And the TMOs are allowed to interject themselves. They're, they're hooked into a mic that the head referee can hear them. And that's how that try got called back. And I'm like, man, you did it in the beginning, but you didn't do it throughout. Uh, just more, more referee inconsistencies for me. Uh, I know the league is still getting better. These guys are still training. They're still, they're still working on, on these things. Like they sit down um, and they talk about it, you know, and they get better. But that was just kind of frustrating to me. But we ended up scoring anyway, so it didn't really matter. But I, I do see the officiating in this league getting better over time. Like the league itself is also growing. You just said, you, you know, it, it, like. The people playing in the MLR are getting better, and the people officiating the matches are getting better. It's a, it's a process. I do see the progress, and so you know, I just I always try to stay away from the well. If this guy hadn't said that and stuff like, uh, it tends to even out in the wash a little bit. Um, but yeah, consistency is the key we we would want, right? And yeah. like you said, like this was nerve wracking for quite a while. Like we were tied at seven after thirty five minutes, and mm -hmm. then. It was uh, the the try we already mentioned from the right up Patras to walks to Balakana for his I think it was his thirteenth on the year I think that yeah, puts him in third place like yeah they, they yeah. haven't updated the stats page yet it, it says it still says twelve and I know it was thirteenth so he's either second or third on that list mm -hmm. and then Chris I have a question for you go on we were up twenty mm -hmm. how nervous did you get when the SeaWolves scored two bang bang tries to to close within six points I mean, oh. so at, at minute six at minute at 59 the score was seven to 27 at minute 65 it was 21 to 27 not a good look david i'm glad you asked because one wesley burho friend of diamond dave mcveigh had put in the chat in and around that 59th minute that there was blood in the water and i told him absolutely not pump the brakes this seattle team can score in bunches and quickly and then what did they do and i remember saying uh, at 27 points um when they scored the first of their two bang bang mm. tries i said that's okay we just need to have the next say i don't care whether it preferably five and then turns into seven but I would take three and, and neither one of those things materialized. And then I got very nervous because now Seattle's at home. They're within seven. They can strike. And the Free Jacks, there's something about this Free Jacks team. 
I don't know what it is, but the last two seasons, man, they have held us hostage with this. We don't, we don't have that killer instinct to just slam the coffin door shut, rack that thing down six feet under and put the damn dirt on it and just dead and dust it. We ended up getting an Ethan Fryer try, which was very sneaky. Uh, and, yes. and that obviously put us over the, over the top. But man, yeah, I was highly nervous when, when it was 27 to 21, I'm like, they are a converted try away. And Alatimu had been matching Patras. Oh yes. At the end of the, at the end of the game, the difference in the score was Patras nailed one more conversion. We scored the same amount of tries yep. and our two penalties. And the pens. That was the difference. It's right here in my notes. Amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable did you, stuff. By the way, did you notice the weird thing at right at the very, very end? The clock on the broadcast didn't mention, uh, didn't match the official clock. So Patras just kind of sauntered out into touch when it looked like there was 10 or 15 seconds left. I was like, yeah. no, that kind of, no. That's, that stuff gives me conniptions. Oh, I've been so here's my here's my thing. When I saw him start to make for the sideline, I thought based off like what you were saying, based off of the game clock on the on the broadcast, that there was probably at least one more uh stoppage and then play or mm. or real a long sequence and then and then get into the time, right? So I thought that there was still plenty of time uh left for Seattle to kind of do something. And then when he walked out of bounds, I will say this, I wasn't worried. When I saw him walk out of bounds, I don't I don't get like that because a guy like Patras and a professional, they know they usually ask the ref, they'll say, "Hey, is time up?" in between phases yep. and you yep. can't hear that and th- and they'll be like, "Yep." And they'll be like, "Okay." I mean, <laughs> and if he didn't and he just knew, wow, balls of steel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because imagine making that mistake and then you're up 27-21 and then they score the try. Like, you know, like uh, the Chicago Hounds did to the Utah Warriors where the guy broke three tackles and scored inexplicably. No, I'm sorry. I got to stop trolling them. I really do. <laughs> no, you don't. Not, not ever. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and you already mentioned one of them. Got to shout out our two first ever, our first time try scores, Ethan Fryer, you mentioned it, and Sam Fishley. Great evening for those guys, particularly Fryer, who grew up 20 minutes outside of Seattle. Very cool for him. Yeah. Um, Was this his MLR debut? Did I miss something? People weren't really talking about it. I thought this was his MLR debut. He didn't play at all last year. I thought he had been off the bench one or two times this year. I would have to go back and look. Um, It was definitely his first try and, and to let him do him do it, you know, at home, you know, that his family was there in spades. That must've been amazing. Um, and so about our tries though, like I got to say, obviously it's really nice when a player sort of goes nuts and gets a hat trick on any given night. But for me, for the free Jacks, I prefer it when we spread it around, you know, this was another one of those, you know, four tries, four guys. Oh, and I just thought of a cool promotion. Five tries, five guys. Whenever five different players score in the game, the fans get five guys burgers. Wow. Hmm. Those Aeros fans in Toronto would still be working on finishing that meal right now. You're going to have to get Phil Philly bananas, a a veggie burger though. It doesn't work for him. And vegetarians, but yeah, so we got, we got, we got the boss himself chiming in, not his MLR debut. Yes. I'm terrible with historical stuff. For some reason I felt like it was for me. It was. So I'm, that's how I'll always remember it. <laughs> he scored ah. a try on it. He scored a try, his first try on MLR debut. And yeah, his, his parents were at the game. Yeah, no kidding. Who wouldn't? Nice. Hey, we're not going to go to our son's game. <laughs> he doesn't make the last <laughs> Oh, you're back in Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was definitely. So, I mean, I guess to kind of wrap up my closing thoughts about the game, a very tense 
interesting encounter. It felt like a playoff match, even though it was a minus teams going at it. Uh, All the things we already talked about, the kind of grit and determination to go on the road. Um, We know that this free Jacks team, and pretty much every team in MLR, it's it's very difficult to go across the country and play one of the top teams. A lot of people, just a quick side note, we'll talk playoffs, I guess, like for a little slice of this. A lot of people are are very quickly crowning because Seattle, or not Seattle, San Diego has broken all of our records from the previous yeah. season with wins and win streak. Um, so they're, they're kind of crowning these guys. And yes, San Diego did come to Starfire and beat the Seawolves. And yes, next week's match will probably not be either, either team's starting side now that seattle's right. lost and definitely, definitely can't get that home but i will just say that a three-point win over a team to me is not a decisive victory especially if you i went back i watched the game seattle completely dominated them in the second half and outpaced them huge they scored 17 points i think san diego if i remember correctly only scored once and i think it was a, a five-pointer it was just from their performance in the first half and so like yes and the other thing too is you always got um Seattle is San Diego's boogeyman. They've beaten them yeah. you know, in those high stake matches. San Diego hasn't got that monkey off their back. They haven't slayed the beast. They haven't beat the Seawolves yet. And so until they do it in that Western Conference final, I would very much not be punching their ticket to 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 seek geek in Chicago. People are doing that. And I don't I think that that's very, very wrong to sleep on the Seawolves. It's interesting that it's a great point. Seattle obviously have been there more than once. Like they know what it takes. Obviously, there's been a lot of player change since then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, San Diego look unbelievable this year. And it's kind of too bad in a way, like because Seattle go there next weekend, like you said. And um, but both teams are probably just gonna be like, eh, whatever, because it, it literally cannot affect the playoff seating mm-hmm. in any way. Um, but. Yes, Seattle. They 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 have that air about them. They have the like, yeah, yeah. We've been there. We know we know how this works. We know what we're doing. San Diego's like, we're good, right? We're still we're really good, right? And and as Patriots fans, you always got to worry about the streak that gets a little too long. Yeah. Well, the reason why I bring that up too is so getting let's zoom back in on the Free Jacks. Why why do I why do I bring all that Western Conference playoff nonsense and and the rivalry between San Diego and Seattle? It's because I think that I my personal belief is there's a very real real chance. But I put it to a coin flip at best that we could see Seattle at SeatGeek in the final. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, so the, just the confidence boost, even though it's A minus versus A minus, the confidence boost of knowing that just uh, under a month prior, we went to their house and took their soul. We went, we took the lead and we never relinquished it. The best they got was level with us, like you said, at the 35th minute, seven to seven. So we went to their house and their atmosphere across the country, up against it. And we took, and it was their A minus team against our A minus team, but we took their soul and we took a win off of them. They'll, so unlike the San Diego dynamic where they're like, oh, this is little brother. We'll just always beat the bag out of San Diego. It's like, no, no, no. The mighty free jacks have stomped you out two ta- two years in a row now. They haven't beat us, I think, since 2021 when the uh, Union Point. And I don't even know if they beat us that game. I think we beat them there too. So it's like, it's, it's a confidence thing. And for this season specifically, forget about the other seasons. This season specifically, we played them late in the season. It's not like that San Diego match that we had yeah, yeah. eons ago in February, you know? So it's good stuff. I'm very excited. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it's all great. It, it's all great points, and um, uh, but I'm not going to count those chickens. <laughs> like the yeah. West can take can take care of itself because we have a little team called New York, which are suddenly looming and looking like they're the favorites to win the Eliminator game, and suddenly, oh yeah. 
God, it's, I mean, yeah, at that's least a they, whole nother segment. <laughs> they, they, they don't have a, a whole flood of uh, expired all blacks this time. So that's true. That's true. So. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's move, let's storm right along here, even though they may or may not be our sponsor anymore. We'll, we'll continue storming <laughs> right along. Uh, let's storm right along in the MVP. Uh, do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first or go ahead? Yeah. 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 So my MVP is going to be the game MVP. I'm pretty sure it was Jason Patras. Uh, he was pulling the strings all night. Uh, the boot kept us in it uh won us the game essentially with two conversions and uh or a an extra conversion and then the, the two penalties that were not chip shots i don't think they were relatively difficult for a skilled kicker i would probably put them at like a five difficulty but he still drained them and they yep. did drain one of those conversions from the corner which ended up being meaningful um so yeah jason patras my mvp well, you know, I always hope that we're going to, you know, go in different directions just for the uh, the content, I guess. But I've got Jason Patras as well. And I even I made a big note of this in my little prep here. Um, can we just take a moment to try to adequately give this guy his due credit? Last year, when Walks decided to go to Japan, we all, including you and me, were, we were collectively crapping ourselves over who could possibly replace him. Potty mm. comes in, a relatively unknown quantity. I mean, I watch every NPC game, but he'd been out for quite a while. I think it was a shoulder. So I didn't have yeah. any recent recollections of him. He comes here, brand new baby in tow to fill the shoes of last year's MVP. And what does he do? Exactly that. He's been incredible all year. It's almost like... Mm. It's almost like as Freejax fans, we've come to expect that level of play from the 10 so much. We just didn't even talk about it when he just took the reins and guided us to this incredible record we're at already. You and I talked on, on this show about his ability to put in skip passes. Uh, we talked about his ability, you know, out of the hand to make these skip passes, but it's also off the boot. Though That aspect of his game alone has been a complete game changer for us. It's led to so many of our scores. He's almost never the, like, the assist guy. He's almost the assist to the assist guy or the even one step back from that. But it's always starting with him. Um, on top of that, he's calmly kicked 55 penalties for us, a good 15 more than the next closest guy. And if the MLR stats page can be trusted, not so sure. He's now nine points ahead of David Kutza to lead the entire competition and the whole time, you know, he's been so quiet and humble. It's almost like he's tricked us into not making a big deal out of him. But I think it's time we end that. Jason Patras gets my MVP vote this weekend. Even if it's just on overall merit, what a player. We need to talk about him more. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I was hoping that he would pan out. Uh, my initial thoughts when we signed him just real quick were like, hey, you don't get to play a decade in NPC and be, and be a bum. So I knew <laughs> he was going to be, I knew he was going to be pretty good, uh, but just how much was left in the tank, how much he wanted it, all the other stuff. I only learned afterwards about his whole family where he had just had a baby and then coming over and I was like, oh man, I just went through that myself. That's crazy. He just moved his family halfway across the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so to kind of close it out, um, I'm going to do the musket size pants tent. So this is an award. If you, if you're unfamiliar with this award, this goes to, um, the host of the show for so for this evening that is me i pick an mvp or a player that i was just like man that guy's a that guy's a dude uh it, it really came down to two players for me uh but i'm gonna have to give it can't say his first name so i'm just gonna say his last name footy uh the try saving tackle just everywhere last night 
yeah, he he's an incredible player. He's a little short. He's not he's not a big man, but dude, the pace and he looks very powerful. I was talking about this last night on the live stream too. Like Joel Hintz is not a tall man. He's very short, but th- that creates its own set of problems because you mm. have that low center of gravity at all times, and so it's you know they're very hard to stop and very hard to tackle. And then you put the the footwork and the speed. Uh, man, what a player! I would love to have him on the free jacks. I uh, don't think we're going to get him. We have great wings. Otherwise I'm not really sweating it, but damn, he was a threat. And yeah, so that's all I got. Dave, David, do you have any other closing comments before we get out of here and move over to our uh, Houston Sabercats preview? No, it was a great weekend. We're so lucky to be free jacks fans. Like, um, yeah, we are. The, the, the recent conversation on the Jacks Rangers with, with coach Matthew, you know his great line about like i just want to win bro and we're competitive mofos like you feel that as a fan you can see it and everything they do the the game plan the approach and it's funny too the whole time we were talking about this whole like a minus team versus a minus team i'm not convinced we have an a minus team we just have an a team you know what i mean like the, the rotations all year long it just hasn't mattered that much uh it's a it's a joy to be a free jacks fan i can't wait to see the season closer this coming sunday awesome man well i got my two psas as normal because because it's the bozo show right now remember return your shopping cart and then (laughs) one of these always use a coaster and with that (laughs) i got one word to get us out of here three two one huzzah. huzzah